In the midst of a pandemic that's been politicized and public health advice that keeps on changing, it's easy to understand why misinformation spreads. I've read articles about putting a little chip in with the vaccine. So when the, the cameras, the 5G comes out, what? They're, they're going to they're gonna scan everybody? We got to get scanned? All of you are practicing the devil's laws. What happened to Bill Gates? Why is he not in jail? It's a big thing that's going on TikTok right now. What, can you just put that to rest and say how ridiculous it is that, that um, we are not being ridiculous. injected with chips is what I want we you to We are not talk. being injected with chips. Doctors, scientists, and the makers of microchips all agree there's no chip in the COVID-19 vaccine. That's just not possible as far as the size that would be required for that microchip. Second, that microchip would have to have an associated power source. And then in addition, that power source would have to transmit a signal through at least an inch of muscle and fat and skin to a remote device, which again, just doesn't make sense. Videos making fun of the theory and some supporting it have gotten millions of views. Whoa. But the vaccine does not inject a microchip that can track you, make you magnetic, or connect you to a 5G network. There's lots of stuff that the government can use to track us through our phones, through our credit cards. The vaccine is the least of your worries. Still, when 1,500 American adults were asked in July whether the U.S. government is using the COVID-19 vaccine to microchip the population, 5% said it was definitely true, while another 15% said it was probably true. Only 46% said it was definitely false. Often our belief in some of these misinformation and some of these conspiracy theories comes from a desire to make the world a better place or protect the ones that we love. This pandemic should have been one of those things that brought us together, just like 9-11 brought us together. Right now, we're very much still divided. And quite honestly, our counts in my hospital right now are higher than they've ever been throughout the entire pandemic. We talked to doctors, vaccine researchers, and one man who does have microchips under his skin about where this conspiracy theory came from and why it's not possible. The first requirement for a conspiracy theory to take hold is that it's rooted in something plausible. In this case, one of the places it started is this 22-page paper on quantum mechanics. Kevin McHugh wrote it when he was a postdoctoral fellow at MIT. It's interesting to see how someone takes like a little bit of truth and then spins it into some totally different story that's just you know, not based in fact anymore. The research, conducted only on rats so far, explored how minuscule light-emitting particles called quantum dots could be delivered to the skin to record vaccine history, specifically in lower-income nations that don't have electronic medical records. It's not a microchip, it's a nanoparticle. We couple it to the actual vaccine itself, so no one can possibly kind of make a mistake that would cause a child to be unprotected. It does play on very real insecurities about living in the modern world, about having your data collected, things that we know to be true. And conspiracy theories work well because they lean on those kernels of truth. Next ingredient for a conspiracy that sticks is funding from someone rich and famous. Bill Gates has kind of often been included in conspiratorial rhetoric because he represents this global elite. And most conspiracies are about sort of tackling, you know, a global cabal. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation helped found global vaccine alliance Gavi two decades ago. That's why our foundation has committed over $250 million to support COVID-19 vaccine research. The Gates Foundation also funded that MIT study on quantum dots. The connection was enough to put Bill Gates at the center of the conspiracy. A day before last year's vaccine summit, Gates addressed the conspiracy theory in a call with reporters. This information thing is just so weird. 
there's no chips or anything like that, you know, that have any connection to this thing. I mean, it's almost hard to deny this stuff because it's so stupid or strange. Over the past year, Bill Gates was mentioned in reference to vaccine microchips or barcodes nearly 159,000 times across traditional, social, broadcast, and online media. As the co-founder of Microsoft, he's also targeted by the anti-tech movement and all the fear around 5G. This ties in the last ingredient for a successful conspiracy theory, a buzzword to make it go viral. It's not like we see these misinformation narratives singularly. They work because they build off of one another. The final twisted result is a false conspiracy that goes something like this. The global distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine is in fact a ploy by Bill Gates and other elites to inject each person with a tracking microchip that would be activated by 5G wireless technology. So let's break it down. Is there in fact a chip small enough to fit in a vaccine syringe? The COVID vaccines are administered with 25 to 22 gauge needles, far smaller than the 16 gauge needles used for drawing blood. The vaccine needles have internal diameters between about 0.26 and 0.41 millimeters. Now let's talk about the size of chips. A chip with 5G functionality is a little smaller than a penny. The smallest radio frequency identification, or RFID chip, is indeed small enough at 0.125 millimeters but they only function when attached to a coil antenna that makes the single chip system about the size of a grain of rice, which would require a syringe about 13 times larger than the one used to inject the vaccine. At the very edge of scientific advancement, researchers are working on potentially injectable temperature sensors, like this one at Columbia University, shown inside an 18-gauge needle, which has an inner diameter more than three times larger than that used for a COVID vaccine. The individual subcomponents and very, very small chips are small enough, but they need to be attached to everything else that makes them work, that makes them into a device and not just a random floating RFID tag. We also asked companies that manufacture chips whether the technology exists. I think the answer to that question is probably not. Um, we are able to do a lot of things, but actually a vaccine that uh, would have a, a microchip in it, uh, not yet. At this point in time, I wouldn't be too worried about getting injected with, um, with basically devices and products. It doesn't exist. Simple as that. Johan Osterlund has developed a chip that can be implanted in the skin. He has four. You see, that's two by 12 millimeters. It's the size of a luxurious grain of rice and it contains an antenna, a ferretic rod to attract more EM, and a tiny microchip that contains a, a tiny, tiny memory. Osterlund's injected the RFID chips in about 6,000 people so far, mostly in Sweden, charging up to 150 euros per device. He uses a needle more than 10 times bigger than the one used for vaccines. I do single sign-on on my laptop. I don't know, 50 times a day, unlocking your phone, getting into my house. It's, it's, it's strictly convenience. RFID chips have been commercially available since the 70s. They store a tiny amount of data, which can be read from a few inches away by other devices enabled with near-field communication, or NFC technology. Now that NFC has taken off, RFID chips allow things like paying without swiping your card, keyless access to your building, and quick entry to public transit. Getting rid of your wallet and keychain and allowing that microchip to represent whatever cards and keys you have 
cluttering your, your pockets. But the value of the biohacks chips is that each one is unique. The way COVID vaccines are administered makes it impossible to ensure even a non-specific chip would end up in each arm. While the biohacks chips are injected using a large syringe pre-filled with the unique RFID device, the COVID vaccine is drawn up from a vial that contains between five and 15 doses. Dr. Matt Lawrence is a co-investigator on the phase three trials of the Moderna and Novavax COVID vaccines. So that multi-dose vial is intended for multiple individuals. So the thought that you could precisely pull up the exact volume that's required for a vaccine for an individual and randomly hope that you would get a very small microchip for each and every single person who's intended to be dosed with that vial uh, is just simply not possible. In a fictional world where a chip was able to be injected through a vaccine, then it would be impossible for it to transmit data back out without an antenna, which would make it even larger, especially through muscle and skin. The depth of the mRNA vaccine insertion would be approximately an inch to an inch and a half, which is fairly deep. And, and again, this is muscle tissue, which is very dense. mRNA vaccines are injected into muscle, while the biohacks chip is injected much shallower, just under the skin. That's why you can push it up and see it. I mean, if this were was any any deeper, you wouldn't be able to, to communicate it with a phone or even with a door-mounted reader. And then there's the problem of power. Biohacks devices are too small to be powered. The biggest triumph for something that goes in or on a body and has a power source is a pacemaker. In general, you can think of the power source as being about the size of a coin cell. James Heathers makes wearable devices, including some for the Department of Defense, that track movement and biometrics. His devices are powered by a battery about the size of a thick postage stamp. Inside, there is a thin silicon patch, and that manages to contain the microprocessor, the inductive charging pad, the battery, and most of the other ancillary electronics with sensors that are running down the sleeve because he develops devices to track people and collect data, a thought popped into Heather's head during the 15-minute waiting period after he got his shot. Well, how do you know they didn't microchip you? And that set off a very interesting chain of internal events. I mean, which concluded, of course, that it was robustly impossible for a number of reasons. In reality, an RFID chip is a passive device used for identification purposes like inventory. They're also what's used to microchip pets. A scanner needs to be within a couple feet to read its minuscule amount of data. You can't track the live location of a lost pet even when it's microchipped, for this same reason. But if it's picked up by a shelter, a vet can hold a scanner over the animal to identify it. Debunked conspiracies have long claimed that RFID chips and everything from your tires to your bra are tracking us. It's not a very good tracking device if I have to stand right next to you to retrieve information from what's actually being located. Although tracking chips aren't possible in the COVID vaccine, the misinformation campaign found traction in part because medical injustices have happened in our country's not-too-distant past, like a public health study in Tuskegee, Alabama, that falsely claimed to be treating hundreds of Black men for syphilis from 1932 to 1972. And it resulted in, you know, at least um, 100 Black men dying. That's what happens to Black and Brown communities, so it's a legitimate concern of, I want to make sure, make sure, make sure that you aren't trying to hurt me because you've been proven not to be trustworthy. That's why Dr. Ebony Hilton was the first person to receive the vaccine at the University of Virginia last December. 
literally knowing the medical injustice that um, the black community in particular has lived through. And I knew how important it would be for representation for persons to see like, is this something I can actually trust? That doesn't make them conspiracy theorists. It makes them in some ways rational actors and trying to evaluate given what they know about the history of the US and medical care. Um, they're, they're rational in, in being hesitant, in, in asking questions, in wanting to be persuaded. So how does Dr. Hilton persuade people the conspiracy is false? Because we have racial health disparities and we know that black and brown people are dying at higher rates from COVID-19 infections, if the government did not give us access to the vaccine, that would be Tuskegee part two, right? A new version of it. And if you're looking at who actually were the first persons in line to get vaccinated, they were the Donald Trumps of the world. They they were, you know, um, the Mitch McConnells. Fear of government overreach has resurfaced with President Biden's recent vaccine mandate for federal workers and contractors. Although in reality, it's nothing new. George Washington required his colonial army to be vaccinated against smallpox. The best way of keeping the disease from spreading and ultimately wiping it out is to reach herd immunity. In reality, orchestrating such a complex plot would require mass cooperation from companies and government leaders. We all have bad experiences with the government. The DMV doesn't work or, you know, you can't call up the tax people if you need to get your taxes done. And yet we seem to think they also could orchestrate this incredible plan to get microchips in all of us. And then there's the immeasurable cost. Economically, this doesn't seem feasible. I mean, where the, the government's already spending an enormous amount of money in, in making the vaccines available. And governments here and governments around the world are doing so. So it seems unlikely that the additional cost of adding microchip will be affordable. At least half of Americans have been vaccinated, at least uh, as far as adults are concerned, or those who are eligible. So just thinking about the number of individuals for whom chips would have had to have been developed, manufactured, distributed, and then tracked, logistically, it's simply overwhelming. In fact, those spreading misinformation may have their own economic incentives. The sad fact is that misinformation is incredibly profitable as well. You know, there are plenty of people who are making a lot of money off of vaccine hesitancy by redirecting people to supplements that they happen to sell or alternative practices that they've written a book about, or even just kind of people who are getting money from ad sales and engagement. Indeed, companies are making billions by tracking and selling your data. They're just not using vaccines to do it. Facebook doesn't need a microchip in order to monetize your clicking and your data that you are giving them freely. For an accurate record of your movements and purchases, look no further than your phone, credit card, and GPS navigation. You can, to like 90% accuracy, know what the next purchase is going to be and where and why if you express yourself in a certain way and then go to Spotify, then go to McDonald's, all of those metrics and all of that data has been, been tracked, it's been compartmentalized and siloed and been sold to the highest bidder. While some chase the false narrative of chips in COVID vaccines, experts are focused on real threats to our privacy and data security caused by society's willing participation in an ever-digital age. If the only thing you're worried about is, is tracking, then you need to go live in a Unabomber shack in the middle of Montana and get rid of all your technology. But if you want to live in the modern world, you're going to have to balance the real fears that you should have that come with those conveniences. We can find out just as much from you just by having your cell phone in your pocket 
or just as much from you from just going to the store and buying a coffee these days. So we have lots of different technology to track people and their data. And hopefully we'll have more robust legal systems so we know those systems better, but we definitely don't need to put a microchip in people's arms.